0: Hello, hello. It is good to see you again. Welcome back to another installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I am your host, moderator Ryan Ruff. As we've got Joe Kaleo, our star of the show from the Cleo Wealth Management Group. He's joining us. We're going to get into another wealth management discussion. Hey, that's what we tackle here on the show and we got a good one for you guys really it's we're we're just making an exclamation it is time to review that trust so think about it with so many changes going on in the world maybe even in your own family you know a trust that you may have set up back to achieve maybe financial goals and aspirations that you had in the past well, it could be out of date. It could be a few years old, given all these changes that are happening in our lives and our world. So today, Joe and I are going to be examining just how to size up the current status of your trust to you know, to see whether or not it's still on track and whether or not you do need to make any pivots or adjustments along the way, given this ever-changing world that we're living in. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get Joe on here and get right into the topic at hand. Joe, good to see you this morning. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Ryan. Great to see you. Glad to be back. Great topic we've got today.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a good one. We've, you know, we've talked about trusts being different financial vehicles and, and, you know, tools at our disposal. But we haven't really talked about this, you know, the importance of revisiting them over time. So Joe, you know, many people, hey, they've set trusts up for maybe themselves or their family members, but you say Joe, that setting up a trust and getting it going is just only one step and one piece of the pie. Am I correct in saying that?
1: Absolutely. We often talk about stress testing and periodically reviewing your wealth plan. This is along those same steps, right? Absolutely. It's one of uh, one step, but keep going. You know, for, for some clients and for, for folks we work with, you may have one or more trusts that are commonly set up. And if you don't, you may choose to do so at some point in the future. But a large number of the trust options that are available from, say, charitable trusts to marital trusts, Uh, it all means that you've got to look back and identify, does that still make sense for your financial situation? So here's the thing. If you haven't reviewed your trust recently and assessed whether you're still on track to get the results that you want and expect, putting it back through the paces would probably be a good thing.
0: Well, break it down a little further for us, Joe. Why might a trust not be positioned to, you know, to do what you had initially intended it to do?
1: Yeah, a couple of ways, for several reasons, Ryan. I mean, first, let's talk about changes in tax laws. They happen regularly. I say regularly. It seems like every few years, Congress, you know, Washington wants to change tax laws. So there is the first one. Developments in your financial picture, uh, developments in your family developments in the fan, financial markets. Those four right there come to my mind immediately and say, hey, what your family set up then could be different than what it is today. And it reflects a change in your needs and your wants. So that's why it makes sense to kind of pull those trust documents out and give them a careful review. Ryan, think back to what we saw in terms of major changes back just back in 2017. So when you think about that, that's just five years ago. So if it's been five or 10 years, it's definitely time for a review.
0: Roger that, so I mean, we framed up the need for a review. Joe, tell us where to start, you know, to review this process and get
1: it going. Yeah, I think, well, you wanna make sure that there aren't a number of trust related errors or mistakes and those issues that could arise more frequently than others. So before you start go looking for esoteric problems, let's make sure you've got the basics covered, right? Let's say you've got a revocable or living trust. Keep an eye towards the concerns that you might have a big impact that they're not set up as the way you want them to be. For example, your successor trustees. Most people name themselves as trustees of their revocable trust and their spouse as a co-trustee. Makes sense. And then they have successor trustees. But make sure the successor trustees you've named are still those that you want in that position of authority. A once healthy brother who's slipped into some personal problems, they may need to be removed from the agreements. You may have somebody else that you want to then turn to. Review how they'll step into those roles, for example, and whether either you or your spouse can't serve as a trustee or not until after both of you pass away or become incapacitated. And another area of protection from lawsuits, divorce, or other problems, is your trust set up to protect your children and grandchildren from creditors and divorces? If your loved ones are newly engaged since you set up the trust, for example, that answer may be no and needs to be reviewed or altered.
0: Yeah, really good point with the family dynamics changing there, Joe. Uh, what about any other areas of trust that you often see kind of get overlooked from some people when, they, when it comes time to re, you know, re-review them?
1: Yeah, one issue that we often see that's smart to reconsider or revisit is when the heirs will receive trust assets. So oftentimes, people like to put a specific age requirement for kids or grandkids. Oftentimes, it's, say, 21 or 25. And if they're still younger than those requirements, think about whether those age-based benchmarks still make sense. For example, has an heir become addicted to something or just not shown personal responsibility? Conversely, there could be an heir that does have a lot of financial savviness and responsibility about the way they go about through things. So people change, of course, how they develop may impact your decision-making about when they should access that money or the assets in the trust. And you might even want to consider a series of ages at which they can go to and get the money. For example, say half of it at 21 and 25, and the other half say at 31 and 35.
0: All right, so pivoting to a, another big one that you're seeing here Joe actually sorry I didn't like that intro all right Joe when you're looking at these trusts is there a big mistake you know a really common one that a lot of people are making when they're going through maybe even establishing a trust in the first place or like we're talking today reviewing it down the road any big mistake people should be avoiding
1: yes Ryan unfortunate we're dealing with this right now with some clients And it was surprising to the heirs, but it would probably be with the funding status of the trust itself. Far too often in our experience, trusts are set up but never actually funded or funded completely. That is, the assets designated for the trust are never put in place, either partially or completely. So any review should answer, say, is my trust actually funded and funded properly with the evidence that the assets have been retitled as necessary? It's a simple thing to spot and fix, but obviously something that's really crucial to the trust doing what it is that you want it to do. Oh,
0: I bet that one catches uh, some people off guard every now and then Joe. Um, Well, hey, look, so once you've done this review, then Joe, you know, you've got uh, a grip on the basic issues surrounding a trust. Is there a next step, a next level that people should be considering?
1: For many wealthy individuals and families, the answer is obviously yes. I mean, one of the steps they are obviously taking, affluent families, is increasingly taking the, is the steps to add additional value to the financial lives to stress test their trusts, as well as their other components of their wealth planning. But we've talked about stress testing before. Quick review, right? Stress testing is that process for examining and challenging some or even all of the wealth planning steps you've taken to assess the likelihood that they will deliver the results that you want in various situations and scenarios. So a stress test can give insights into two main areas. One, let's talk about opportunities. A stress test can reveal whether an effective strategy you've currently got in place can nevertheless be improved upon. A simple example is, how does it show repositioning your investments could potentially help generate higher returns in your portfolio without increasing your level of risk? There isn't a problem per se, but your current portfolio may be performing well, but a stress test could show how new moves could help it improve for the future. The other side are threats, right? Sometimes a stress test can shine a light on an actual fundamental problem with a strategy that you have in place, a problem that could potentially blow up on you and jeopardize your financial health. Such problems aren't extreme or very common, but there are the types of issues that if left unaddressed could have a very real and negative impact on you and your family. So stress testing can potentially uncover red flags before they become major problems, so you can fix them.
0: Yeah, appreciate that quick review there, Joe. So hypothetically speaking then, how, would a, how might a stress test start, uh, you know, really working in tandem with a trust specifically and uncovering anything during that trust review process?
1: Yeah, a good stress test, Ryan, can help make a good trust even better. Say, for example, a review revealed that a couple had purchased two homes in other states other than their primary state of residence, and during the three years since they created their trust, by tying the two new residents into the trust, the couple will be able to avoid two rounds of ancillary probate and the many costs associated with them. If they didn't tie those two residents into the trust, there could be probate in three different states down the road. So that's important, right? And then, take for example, a trust that's put through the stress test process could result in correcting a potentially disastrous error. Let's say a stress test reveals that a couple's previous advisor had structure, structured a special type of marital trust, possibly incorrectly. The husband was a US citizen, while, I'll say, the wife was not the trust is set up backwards, which could result in the non-spouse occurring an immediate and extremely large tax bill, rather than getting the tax deferral on the assets that they had expected to receive. With that problem identified, the entire trust could be rewritten to address the fall, the flaw
0: yeah yeah i mean it's no doubt in you know seeing the true value that a stress test can bring not only to an entire wealth you know scenario but obviously a trust here in today's case but so i mean going through that stress testing process joe it's it's deep it's you know we had a whole episode talking about how deep you guys really get and you know the various avenues that you go through to complete a stress test but who should somebody turn to then when, you know, let's say they're, they're realizing they need to go through this process, that deep level, next level review of their trust. Who can somebody look to for help
1: on this? I think they look at their financial advisors and their financial advisor continues with a trust and estates attorney and an accountant and not just one, but you want to work with all three. And the important is one person's going to have one view, but all three collectively should have a better view. When we recently did this for another client, we had worked with them for quite some time, but we never had communications with their attorney or their accountant. Sure enough, over time, we showed that client why it was important for all three of us to work collectively, and we have, and it's been better ever since, because we caught some mistakes of that attorney, their previous attorney, and without the three of us all working together, it might have still gone unnoticed. So stress testing with all of your expert advisors becomes very important. You wanna have that deep understanding of both the trust itself and your unique situations, that being your goals, your concerns, your preferences, and making sure the technical expertise about the various trusts is obviously important, but so too is that in-depth picture of you, your family, your business, your scenario, anything that's important to you and what you want from not, not, not only now, but also in the future. That way that trust is both technically sound, but it can be aligned with your specific needs and goals.
0: Oh, that's great, Joe. And Joe, you mentioned doing this very recently for a client having those conversations. So let's say somebody out there in our audience today, maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team to to talk about this process, given you know your unique experience with it. What would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team to just open up a dialogue?
1: Yeah, reach out to us either by email or by phone. We're happy to help and we want to discuss, and we're not looking to replace their financial experts, but work in tandem, work in coordination with their financial experts and maybe do some stress testing and make sure what they've done in the past is still in effect and and right for going forward from today forward or maybe some new things have to be put in place but we're happy to have that conversation.
0: All right, fantastic, Joe. Well, hey, look, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day, you know, you're a busy guy, you got clients to serve. We appreciate you being here, you know, unpacking this idea of reviewing your trust, why it's important, how to do it, a lot of good stuff in today's conversation. So, we appreciate you, Joe, and uh excited to be back on the next one with you.
1: Ryan, thanks for your time. Enjoyed the chat. Talk to you soon.
0: Alrighty, we will do, Joe. And hey, look, as always, we're going to take a final moment and thank you guys. And that's our audience for jumping aboard and being with us on the show here today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, maybe you took something away from it, do us a favor. Go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you check this out on and then of course you can share this information with any friends family business owners anybody really that you think would benefit from the types of conversations that joe and i are having on this show you know we're taking the conversations and strategies solutions all the good stuff that joe's working with his clients on over at kaleo wealth management group and we're bringing them right here onto the show so that means we've got some great conversations in past episodes as well as future episodes and we'd love to have you be a part of those So for Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you guys being with us on today's installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash Relationship Summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Caleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite
1: 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.